I'm Alicia Bingham, and this is Proactive Thoughts, episode 38, Mental Agility. Did you know that you can live the life you want simply by being proactive with your thoughts? My name is Alicia Bingham. I'm a life coach, a mental health advocate, and a member of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And if you come with me, I can show you how. Hey everyone, happy February. My kids are doing independent reading and some quiet time, which is the perfect time for me to sit and record this. Today's topic is all about becoming mentally stronger. I'll talk a little bit about why we need to increase our mental agility and how we can do so in the best way possible. First, I want to remind you of my offer to get some free coaching. Head over to BinghamCoaching.com to sign up for a free mini session where we discuss your life and how you can improve it in ways that matter to you. Now, let's dive into mental agility. So in today's modern world, we have so many conveniences that make survival easy. If we look to just two to 300 years ago, people's lives were much more difficult just to survive. Illnesses took many people's lives. They had to put a lot of physical labor in, in order to survive, including growing their own food, building their own homes, taking care of the animals, pulling carts, baking from scratch. We may do a lot of these things now, but it's not necessary for our survival. It's not life or death if the crops freeze, right? They didn't have the modern conveniences of indoor plumbing or air conditioning, heated seats, modern medicine, or the internet. If we run out of milk, we don't have to milk a cow or try to trade our basket weavings for some milk, right? We can go to the grocery store to buy some milk and maybe a side of donuts because it sounds good at the time. We have all these ways in which life is easier and it's wonderful. I am so grateful to live in this time when we have all these modern conveniences. But with these conveniences, we have to do more in order to keep our bodies healthy. Back then, Their physical labor to survive was their way of keeping their bodies strong and healthy. We have to consciously make the effort to get outside, go to the gym, go for a walk or run, do some yoga or some other form of physical activity in order to keep our bodies healthy and strong. We have to focus on eating healthy, natural foods to include fruits and vegetables in our diet rather than the quick pick-me-up of gas station hot dogs every day. This ease of survival has also impacted our emotional health. According to John Hopkins Medicine, about one in four people have a diagnosable mental disorder in a given year. The CDC also states that about 50% of the U.S. population will have a mental illness or disorder at some time in their lives. It's a big deal, but it's not my area of expertise. I have my own experience with it, and I know what helped me, but that's not what I'm here to discuss today. So when I say mental health and mental strength, this isn't what I'm talking about. You can go check out my other podcasts on depression and my story with it for some more information, and maybe I'll do an update on that in a later episode. But my focus today is for everyone who is not currently struggling with a mental disorder. If our physical health takes extra effort to make sure it's strong in our day and age, what efforts are we putting in to make our mental health strong? How are you strengthening your mental health, your mental agility, your mental flexibility. Are you mentally flexible? How do you handle life's unexpected events? 
How do you handle a change of plans or when people around you don't meet your expectations? How easy is it for you to go with the flow or feel good when people say things that you disagree with? What do you do when you're bored? What about when you're frustrated or heartbroken? Taking care of your mental health isn't just for people who have a mental disorder. It's important to focus on because of this life of ease we have. We become mentally weak when we feel bored and hop on our phones and scroll to see that our friends went on a Disney princess cruise again. Or we play Candy Crush or watch a YouTube video reviewing kitchen knives. Our mental agility declines when we yell or lecture our kids for drawing on the wall again. We become mentally stiff and inflexible when we choose to believe our father-in-law is hot-headed and believes in fake news. These are all areas of our lives that we cause ourselves pain because we haven't done the work to strengthen our brains. We need to train our brains. We need to learn how to better handle these situations and our responses to them. This starts with a clear understanding of where you currently are in your mental strength. I like to think of it like a spectrum. On the left, you have zero, which is no mental strength. And on the right, you have 10, which is mental strength, right? So on the zero side, it is where victim-like thinking resides. When other people are in charge of how you feel, you're in this place of victim mentality. It could sound like this. If he would help with the laundry or the dishes without me having to ask him, I would feel so much better. If the kids would leave me alone for five minutes, I could finally relax. If the government just cut taxes, I wouldn't be so stressed. This is the brain's default mode, and it's a very disempowering place to live. We want to move closer to the other side of the spectrum. Mental strength, right? This is taking personal responsibility for what's in your control. You take responsibility for your thoughts and feelings, as well as your actions that follow from there. I'm frustrated because I'm thinking it should be different, and that's why I yelled. I'm lonely because I'm thinking that I miss him and I wish I wasn't alone. It's acknowledging how you're impacting your own reality. This is where we want to always be moving closer towards. We're going to slide around on this spectrum, right? And sometimes we may be closer to a 10. Other times we may be sitting right at zero and that's okay. It's actually quite normal for us to be at different spots on the spectrum for different areas of our lives. We may be at an eight with the relationship we have with our sister. Meanwhile, our relationship with money may be at a two. So the question becomes, how do we increase our number? How do we get mentally stronger? Well, we have to look at each area of our lives that has a result we do not want. We have to start to recognize where we're blaming others or outside things for our experience and how we can begin to take that responsibility back for what we've created. You can ask yourself questions like this. What was I feeling that caused me to act that way? When I acted that way because I was feeling that, what was I thinking? So let me give you one quick example to run through this, okay? So this is a made-up example based on experiences I've heard from clients. So we're going to call our client Mary. Let's say Mary comes to me and shares that her sister-in-law doesn't like her. She tells me that every time they have a family event, their conversations are short and superficial, and then her sister-in-law will leave the room. She says she can just tell that her sister-in-law doesn't like her. There's just that vibe in the room, the tone of voice, or the way she looks at her. So I'd ask Mary, what did you think when your sister-in-law left the room? She must really hate me, Mary responds. 
So when your sister-in-law left the room and you thought, she must really hate me, how did you feel? Rejected. So when you felt rejected, how did you show up? What did you do? Mary then shares some things that she would do and not do in this situation. She would think of all the other times this had happened and other ways that her sister-in-law doesn't like her, such as when she wouldn't sit by her at the family dinner or she would talk to another family member but not her. She also would not go and talk to her sister-in-law herself. She avoided eye contact and started to feel angry and resentful that the relationship was turning out this way. In this situation, I like to point out that she's not really loving her sister-in-law through these actions. When she thinks that her sister-in-law must hate her, she shows up in a way that's not loving. It's not loving for herself or for her sister-in-law. It's not what her sister-in-law says or does that causes this, though. It's not the fact that her sister-in-law left the room that made Mary feel rejected and respond in this way. It's only when she thinks the thought, she must really hate me. That's it. That's the only thing that's stopping her from creating the experience she wants in this situation. We question the thought that her sister-in-law must hate her. Does she really hate Mary? Maybe. We don't really know for sure. But what we do know is that Mary wants to feel love for her sister-in-law. She wants a close relationship. She wants connection. What would she need to believe about her sister-in-law in order to feel connected? Perhaps she would start with compassion. She might think that her sister-in-law might feel uncomfortable, or maybe her sister-in-law is exhausted that day. Maybe she's shy and doesn't know what to say. The focus then turns from herself to her sister-in-law. These kinds of thoughts feel much better in the situation when she notices her sister-in-law get up and go somewhere else. She might feel curiosity or compassion. This can only come, however, when Mary recognizes her part in this. She has to understand that her thought created the feeling of rejection, not her sister-in-law's actions. So this is what it means to take responsibility for what you're creating in your life. When you can start to separate your thoughts from the facts of the situation and look at it a little more objectively, that's when you'll be able to take more responsibility for your experience. You'll increase your mental agility, flexibility, and strength. This takes practice. It takes time. And many times it takes someone else being able to point out to you objectively what the facts are and what are just thoughts. This is made much easier with the help of a coach. Come sign up for a free mini session with me where we can start to explore where you're currently at, where you want to be, and make a personalized plan to help you start building your own mental strength. Talk to you soon. That's all I have for you today. If you liked what you heard and think you might be interested in getting coached or working with me, or you just want to learn more, you can visit my website at binghamcoaching.com. There you can send me an email with any questions or topics you'd like covered on the podcast. Or if you're ready to take your life to the next level, you can sign up to get coached. Also, I would love it if you would leave me a review and share it with your friends. That way more people like you can find my podcast. And remember, when you choose your thoughts, you choose your life. See you next week.